Hey everybody, welcome to the Black Delegates Podcast. This is uh, episode one, so this is going to be the real episode. Uh, episode zero, of course, was the training grounds, which I think we did pretty good, but uh, we'll, we'll see how we do it this week. Uh, so, same on the mic, we got uh, who we got on the line. Uh, let's start off with Paul. What's up, your boy Paul is here, not Paul. <laughs> uh, you can also refer to me as the, the, the non-voting member of the Black Delegates podcast. You get a vote, man. You just get a brown vote. It's exactly the same. <laughs> One third right. of a vote. That's we right. We're in the same pot. We're in the same pot, man. Same All vote. right. <laughs> All right. And uh, how you doing? Uh, we got a uh, ghetto phenom. Yes, the phenom is here once again. What's up, pod listeners, pod squad? I guess they they already use that on another podcast, but uh, yeah, appreciate y'all for tuning in. All right, and me, your host, the Black Ryan. All right. So uh, we're going to get straight into it. So uh, let's start off with uh, you, Phenom. How was your uh, week in blackness? My week in blackness? Oh, my week in blackness was was interesting. I mean, today, I know we talked about, you know, just blackness at work and attire and stuff like that last week. And today I had on the Barack Obama uh, face t-shirt, so I feel like. My blackness was appropriate. My blackness was uh, 100. And this was the day, Monday, where we have uh, staff meetings with everybody in the office, uh, or at least everybody in the editorial team. So, um, you know, that was part of my blackness. Also, I went down to Memphis, uh, not Memphis, Nashville, Tennessee, uh, this past weekend. I actually went there for a funeral. Paul, get your dryer, bro. Right, right. That mug buzzed <laughs> and it's probably going to buzz again. Dryer. That, that uh, was not me. That was not me at all. Come, we had to come and get that. Uh, but Israel's dryer. went to Nashville for the first time this past weekend, and it was interesting because I was going to a memorial service uh, for a uh, Caucasian gentleman, and so I didn't know like how the racial dynamics was going to be there. I figured there would be some other black folks just because knowing this person and his family. Um, and there were. There weren't a whole lot. It was probably about five of us up in the scene. Uh, but I didn't know how people would react because I'd never been to Nashville and I didn't know, you know, just just how it was going to be. But everybody was cool. Everybody was cordial. People I didn't know came up and talked to me. So, uh, you know, it was a it was a good trip. But that's pretty much my my weekend blackness there. What about you, Paul? All right. Well, my weekend, yeah, my weekend blackness was uh, extra light skinned today. <laughs> uh, this week, you know, I'm gonna tell you what I did. I did my taxes, so yeah, I did all that uh, last weekend and got all that ready, and I'm ready to mag on these hoes with my newfound uh, <laughs> uh, 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 extra hundred dollars of, of, of pay period in my paycheck. So I'm ready to mag on these hoes, and we need some air horns right here. Insert air horns. <laughs> Now, how many relatives, how many nephews, nieces, uh, or friends, kids did, I claim? did you declare on your taxes? Right. Yeah, I told you. I you told claim? you my weekend blackness was extra light skin, so I have oh, only claimed my one your, official child on there. Your real child is the only one. Yeah, that's not a very black week, bro. But now I will tell you that I, I, I remember my my wife. She was t- talking about her brother, and she he, he, my wife's my wife's brother asked. His other sister, who has two kids, if he could claim one of the kids on his taxes, like this was many years ago, and I remember she was like, "Has he lost his damn mind?" 
And I really didn't know that was a thing until then. So that was a that was an eye-opening experience for me. So I always keep that in mind. So I know this is a real thing in the community, but I have not actually done that myself yet. Although I have a niece and nephew from my wife and that I, I've spent a shit ton of money on in my life and probably will continue to do so, I should be able to claim them, but I have not done that yet. So my blackness is, uh, level is not very high on that, but I'm, I'm working on it. All right. All right, all right. And then you're supposed to throw it to me. Oh, and then uh, Ryan, so what did you do in your week in blackness? My week in blackness was, uh, it was so-so. Nothing really happened. Uh, oh, I guess uh, my mom's uh, 60th birthday uh, is tomorrow, actually. But we had her party uh, this weekend. So it was very black. Very black. Uh, let's see. So nobody, well, yeah, all black people, myself, uh, uh, Ronnell's girlfriend. So, but still, that's a black party, and that was cool, and it was actually a black party. Um, so, everybody was dressed up. Um, I kind of had a, a wardrobe malfunction that I had to work on, because, you know, they told me it was a black party, but I still was like, yeah, we all wearing black, but nobody said they was going to be wearing black evening gowns or black suits and ties. So, when I got there, chilling in my Adidas jacket... <laughs> Everybody was like uh, super dressed up. So I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to have to go back home and change. So uh, the party was like literally around the corner. So I just drove drove back home, put on a button down and came back, put some put some hard bottom shoes on. That is never so a good feeling. Right. Never a good feeling when you walk in. I salvaged it. Yeah, I salvaged <laughs> never it. Never a good feeling so, walking to the party with the wrong gear on. Yeah, I hear you, man. Yeah, man. But uh, other than that. Uh, that was pretty much it. So uh, let's uh, get well, let into me, it. So we had before the, you get into it, oh, let me get one more thing, bad. man, which I forgot about. My time in Nashville went to this little spot called Slim and Huskies. It's a pizza spot up there, and that is like the blackest pizza place that I ever been to, <laughs> and I mean that Word. in the most endearing, loving way. Like I don't know who was the owner, <laughs> but whoever uh, started Slim and Huskies in Nashville, y'all doing your thing. It's like. They make these pizzas. It's called Slim and Huskies because I get a Slim and I got a Husky size. So the Slim is a small, the Husky is a longer one. I don't know if y'all remember the um, what was it like the Bigfoot Pizza Pizza Hut had where it was long. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was longer than it was. It wasn't a circle. Their right. pizzas are kind of like that, um, just but it's on a smaller scale. But it's like the whole thing is just set up for like. It has like a Spike Lee vibe in there. They playing hip hop. It's all like uncensored hip hop. Like right. every employee that I saw was black up in that mug. And the pizza was fire too. So I just want to give a shout out to Slim and Huskies. I wish they had one of those in St. Louis, but I know that's it's really popular there in Nashville. Uh, but I was I was happy to go there. Shout out to Nashville. Okay. I used to live there after college. It's a it's a great city. I actually like it a lot. You- you been there for that pizza? I not for that. I never heard of that restaurant before. So I'm sure it's new. I mean, there's yeah, I think they just, just opened like crazy. So they just opened in 2015, I believe. So it's, yeah, it is fairly new. What part of town was it on? Okay. Um, I don't remember. I use Google Maps to tell me where to go. That's, that's all <laughs> I remember, bro. Well, if you got, I got some other recommendations you, for you. Did next you time. Google Black Pizza? <laughs> I didn't. It actually like, came as a recommendation. Uh, for one of my wife's friends, and it is a black friend, because I was like, what is this, you know, this Slim and Husky's pizza or whatever, but we went, and the vibe was just crazy, um, and so next time I'm in Nashville, I'm going to definitely go back again. All right, shout out to Slim and Huskies. All right, so, uh, 
um, see, here we go. Another bad segue, man. You can't segue from Slim and Husky to State of the Union. All right, let's try one. Um, speaking of Slim and Husky, <laughs> our Husky president had the State of the there Union last go. week. That was terrible. It would have been better. That dude ain't Husky. But then again, he says he's Husky because he say he's 6'3 and like 240. Speak. He pushing LeBron James. Extra, extra <laughs> thick. Call him extra thick. That's what you call him. Yeah. I think president, he uh, he gave a State of the Union. Uh, I watched it. Um, I don't know why. Normally I don't watch these, but I expected him to say something stupid, and I wanted to see it live, I must admit. So what about y'all? Did y'all get a chance to check that out? I watched the last two minutes of it. When I knew it was going off, I said, well, let me turn in and see – and, you know, I figured, which basically what it was, that he would just get up there and lie and say a bunch of stuff that's not true, or he would just say a bunch of stuff that he didn't write. Now, Ryan, I remember you said that you you always watch it, right? Because it sounded like you wanted to watch it so you wouldn't miss anything or something like that. Is that Generally, yeah. Yeah, I watch it every year just because I just want to see what the tone of it is. Yeah, I, I usually try to watch it, but it's just like with him... Like, I just knew he was going to be lying. So, And now with CNN and these other news stations, they always give you the clips, the highlights. So that's basically what I did is the next day I went on and watched, you know, one of those videos like the um, um, the State of the Union in two minutes or three minutes or whatever. I just watched one of those. So what about you, Paul? Actually, for me, I, I have, I've made a, a note not to watch it. Uh, I've really been trying to. For my New Year's resolution, try to focus on a little bit less politics in my life, even though it seems like you cannot avoid it in any way, shape, or form. So I made a concerted effort. I'm not going to bother watching it. Plus, I figured it would be sort of what you were saying, just kind of the same old thing, not really telling anything substantive, meaningful. Although I did kind of think there would be some kind of crazy moment that would happen, but I wasn't here for all that. And then when I heard how long it was, I guess it was the second longest uh, State of the Union in history. Yeah, I'm good. I'm I'm off that. I got I got better things to do with two hours of my time than, than listen to this man ramble on. I can I can catch the highlights, and I didn't even care to catch the highlights, so I did not catch it at all. But I heard a little bit what went went down. It sounded pretty generic. Uh, clearly, he can read, and that's a, a thing. People some people always say he can't read and stuff like that. And obviously, he can read. He's reading straight from a teleprompter that somebody's given him. But what'd you think, Ryan? What'd you think overall about the speech? Overall, I didn't think it was as bad as I expected. Um, you know, he's got the different policy things that I don't agree with. And, uh, you know, that's par for the course. But um, it's also, it I probably was wasn't as bad as you expected it. because he he didn't write a single word of it, more than likely. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't matter. He just freestyled some stuff oh, and he'd be bad. Yeah, he stayed on script. I think they they talked yeah. to him. They finally got through to him to stay on script to not go yeah. off on yeah. his uh, tangents. So, yeah, I think that's why it was pretty uneventful. You know, it was less disastrous than everybody expected. And I think even probably, you know, the lion, because he stayed on strip on script, uh, he probably didn't lie as much as he normally would. So well, let me ask you, I thought he was at least shout out Jay-Z <laughs> and he did. So oh. let, me, let me ask you. So, so, so the, the big topic in the last day or, or today has been uh, President Trump at uh, uh, I guess he was at a factory in Illinois or something like that, talking about the State of the Union and saying that it was uh, disgraceful and potentially treasonous that a lot of the Democrats did not clap at certain points in the State of the Union. I didn't see that. I know there was a, a viral clip of the Black Caucus, the big swing Black Caucus, <laughs> uh, not 
not clapping when he was talking about how low black unemployment was. So, like, what did you, what are, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Like, did you guys think that that was an appropriate response, or that they went too far, or what? Yeah, I, I think it was appropriate. You know, black folks ain't gonna be clapping for him. I mean, unless it's one of his few insiders that he got, Ben Carson. I think there was like one black dude that was clapping you know within that uh the black caucus whenever he said that about the the black unemployment but i wasn't surprised and no we're not getting caught out there clapping for him like that like that's a violation you get disinvited uninvited from the picnic if we see you clapping for trump or riding for trump so no we just gonna mean mug him and uh we're not gonna give him the head nod we're just gonna look at him <laughs> like he's crazy and that's that's about what it is there's actually two things i guess i kind of want to um point out i guess with regards to that because i know man i feel like in politics it's too much red lining where we picking a side um you either with me or you against me and you can't say that you was against every single thing the man said you know because you know he was sugarcoating a lot of it a lot of it kind of has some lies over the top because you know that he said something different last week but if he said it right then you know some of those things you can't not clap for or not uh, stand up for it. You ain't got to, you know, be, uh, you know, standing up every time he says something, but at the same time, that's kind of how it works. If he says something that's uh, something you can get on board with, then you probably could give a little bit of applause, at least golf clapping. No, not golf clapping. And the thing is, is that it's not even that some of the stuff that he said wasn't good, wasn't appropriate, wasn't um, admirable, but it's, if you know that person is lying, if we made a bet and I said, man, Ryan, you know, I'm betting on the Patriots, $10,000. I'm going to give you uh, $10,000 if the Patriots lose. And you know I'm lying. You're not going to clap for that or you're not going to take me seriously. So that's the thing because of his actions that he's had up until this point. Nobody just takes him seriously. So he's wanting to get that applause just so he can see black people clapping. And, you know, as soon as he get that picture of the black Ryan applauding him, you know, he's going to put that out on Twitter. He's going to say that, you know, you love him. Y'all the best of friends. And ain't nobody got time for all that. And the caption's going to say, my, hashtag yeah, my black Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> but, but we have to stand for something, you know. And if you stand for what he's saying, you can hold him accountable to say, hey, you said this and that's why I was clapping. It's not like you're going to take the clapping out of context. You heard what he said and you clapped at it. And uh, I don't know. I think uh, – and they did the same thing for Obama. The other side didn't clap when he said stuff. You can't say if he's getting up saying we want to get rid of all the nukes and then nobody clap. Man, stop it. Like, we all want to get rid of the nukes. It's okay to clap for that. And we got to be adult about it, I think, so we can move Let forward. Let me take it one step further. And I, I, th- I think I know where you're going, at, Ryan, what your reaction is going to be. But I, I think some of the, uh, at least the, some of the black members of Congress and some of the other maybe more uh, more liberal Democratic, they just didn't go to the State of the Union at all. I think Maxine Waters and a couple others, at least, did not do that. Uh, did that? What's your feelings on that? Do you think that's appropriate? No, man, that's your job. Your job is to go to these kind of functions. It doesn't mean you're supporting everything the man says. Same thing with Obama. If those people didn't show up for Obama's State of the Union speech, I would say the exact same thing about them. Like you, you in error. Yeah. You need to show up. You need to do your duty. You need to clap when you need to clap and sit down when you need to sit down. Now, you ain't got to give them a standing ovation every five minutes like uh, uh, whatever the same party is for each president. That's stupid. 
But we can be serious and say that we're adults. And if one person says something, even though I disagree with everything else they say, if they say something that I agree with, I can. Clap. I feel you on that. I, I, I'm, I'm, that. I echo. I echo those same same sentiments. But like, don't you think just the climate that he generates, where it's so antagonistic between the the parties and so so split that, I mean, like, okay, people disagree with Obama. They even like said you lie at the turn of state of union and things like that. But yeah. you know. Not not even showing up is, is it would be kind of far fetched because at least at the end of the day Obama was he was really a pretty mild mannered kind of guy, and I mean they had their different disagreements and things like that. But I think he was you know he he wasn't trying to you know cause chaos you know and all these other issues that that you know that we've never really experienced before in this country. So I wonder if he's bringing some of that on himself. I'm not saying it's justified. I see where you're coming from, but I'm just wondering like. I can see like why people would say like you know why am I even going to this? It's just going to be a you know a bunch of empty nothings, and the next day on Twitter I'm going to hear how he really feels instead of this 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 canned speech he's about yeah. to give. So like why am I you know wasting my time going to listen to this for two? Because like I said, I wasn't going to listen to it. I'd rather hang out with my family or do this or that. I wasn't going to listen to that for two hours because I knew the next morning was going to be something totally different out of his mouth. Because that's oh, yeah, how he always I, is. I saw something I believe on CNN where they said that during the um, State of the Union. He told an untruth every four and a half minutes, you know, and for him, again, he's reading off script. So that was less often, you know, than I would have expected. But, you know, why waste my time if you know he's just going to sit up there and lie? And like Paul said, he's he is the one that is really being an antagonist, you know, in a lot of these situations and going off on. Now he's going off on the FBI and the CIA and, you know, he's going off on, you know, Black folks, you say he'd gone off on Jay-Z, uh, but the people in Charlottesville were very fine people. So, you know, I understand, but it's it's that tone that he set. Like, I get your your ideal, and I agree with you, really, for the most part. So even like when George W. Bush, I didn't agree with him, but I might watch that set of the Union or people in the past. But it's just like, Trump, I'm, I, I just can't, I can't do it. Like, I'm going to follow it. I'm going to read up on it. But I don't really want to watch it live. And, and I've been listening to the audio book for um, what is a Fire and Fury, uh, Fire and Fury. And that's interesting. You guys should should read that or you should listen to the audio book or whatever. I won't go into it deeply, but, um, you know, it, it's interesting. And of course, the next day he said it was the most watched State of the Union ever, which it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. No, you, the no, numbers are out there. Not. You can go and look at the numbers. He is going for the records, and that's yeah, it. everything. He just wants the the biggest, the best, everything, <laughs> the, most. the most watched ever. Well, he, well, like, he, yeah, he, the last he can, one was watched more than he's you. actually going to add a new record today because the biggest stock market decline in, in world in U.S. history happened today, at least by points, not by percentage terms, but by points. It happened today, so I don't I mean, know if that's Hillary's fault. On... That's Hillary and Obama's <laughs> exactly. fault, bro. Exactly. Yeah. What are you talking about? If they hadn't have put it so low in the first place, it wouldn't have had to rebound so high when I came in, and then it couldn't drop. <laughs> It's actually, the, actually, but anyway, we don't we don't want to break a record for the longest segment exactly. in the podcast history okay. over this state of the union that I said we weren't going to talk about. <laughs> right. and we didn't win in, but anyway, sorry. I just wanted to get get into that. So, but uh, we're talking about taxes and um, or we're talking about the economy. I mean, and the stock market. So, yeah. if the stock market rebounds, it was very good the other day. How will that affect tipping? <laughs> mm. 
Don't change nothing for Talking me. About with service worker, why why doesn't that change anything with you, Ryan? What what is your tipping Look, etiquette? I'm not against tipping. These brothers have been trying to vilify me <laughs> in the group meet chats. You've been vilifying me in text messages. You've been uh, dragging my name through the mud. I've been having to uh, to to look inside my soul to see if I was just wrong, and I had to you know I had to call my pastor. I talked to my wife, my kids to see, you know, was I just a bad person? And then I realized, you know what? Certain things I don't have to tip. Sorry. <laughs> well, dog, let me, I tip. Let me. I tip servers. I tip the pizza man. All those type of things. If you are a valet in my car, I'll tip you. Those type of things. But I'm not tipping my barber. Oh, I'm just not. Dog, let me. Let, but but you getting paid to cut my hair, bro? Ryan, let me tell you though. You set the price, and it's too high. Ryan, let me tell you though. I, so so this, this 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 subject of tipping etiquette, and and as it relates to you and your barber, has come up many times in my house in the last few days. Actually, my aunt was in <laughs> town, and this was a good. This was a, this was a, a nice discussion we had at dinner the other night on Saturday. Please speak of said shade of those family members as well. <laughs> there was a black person. There were two black people in there. It was me. So you had you had okay. you had. You had the, the, the you had uh, your, your your fellow people representing you, but uh, just want to make sure we had a black delegation. But they were they right. were uh, uh, firmly opposed to your stance on not tipping your barber. Oh my god, y'all! So crazy, you are man. you are you are a minority, and you are in the minority on this issue here, my brother. <laughs> Double minority. Double minority. So why why do you not believe in tipping your barber, and especially? You know, the show's called The Black Delegates and black folks, you know, we have a unique relationship with our barbers. Uh, you know, brother like me, I've been myself barber uh, doing the bald head thing. But when I was going to the barber, I always made sure that I tipped my barber and I tipped him well because uh, that person is in control of like your life. They, they control your hairline. Bro. Can, can ruin your, your hairline month. can ruin your month. Like, yeah. yeah, the hairline is like the most important thing for a black dude. So I haven't seen you lately, man. I don't know what your hairline is looking like. Uh, is it looking like you don't tip or is your barber just used to it? <laughs> it's, it's looking like it always look regular. It's it's fine. Ryan, all I know is when you get to that point where you, you got to start getting that Ray Lewis Beijing in your hair, you better tip that man because you're going to start looking like, like Carlos Boozer out there. <laughs> look, man. Okay. What 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 a all right. When I was a bagger and I worked at Schnooks, which is a grocery store here in St. Louis, uh, I guess they're pretty pretty big. I guess people should probably know if they're in the uh, region. But uh, nobody tipped me when I took bags out to the car, and I wasn't supposed to do that. That's not part of my job. But we could help people out to the car. I didn't get a tip. Yeah. Never got a tip. Any other job, if I've done any artwork, any freelance artwork, guess what? I didn't get no tip. I didn't get a tip. So why is it that all of a sudden when somebody's cutting my hair, which they set the price for, I, I think there's which is twenty dollars, and you charging me to use my credit card, why am I tipping you extra money? I just please explain I just think that. there's a person. I speak for myself before I turn over to Ish, but I just think there's there's just certain professions that it's understood within the social fabric that tipping man is name involved. the professions name I the think professions off top right now. restaurant workers. Barbers. Okay, they get paid. Pizza they get paid. Guys. No, I'm gonna go one by one. Hold up, hold up. We go one by one. If you work at a restaurant, you don't get paid that much per hour. You're paid off of tips yeah. for the most yeah. part. Same as pizza yeah. man. Okay. Right? Okay. What other salaried 
or a per job person gets tips. Uh, you're supposed to tip like your like your mailman and stuff like that. You tip. Why are we tipping the mailman, brother? They a government worker. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> people, about that. The mailman. That, that, that's more, that. that's more questionable. But this that's dude, more questionable. Paul Rich, though, man, he in another tax bracket. They be doing all kind of stuff, so he don't really. I count. told you he could just mute his mic I, right now. Let, he just throwing money. Ryan, around, Ryan, Ryan I promise you, I'm about to mag on these hoes. My tax refund Rich. check, but I am not giving that tax <laughs> refund check to none of these damn uh, uh, garbage man or mailman or nothing like that. But I'm tipping my barber. TurboTax doesn't ask me how much do I tip. I am tipping my barber when I do my taxes. I, I, look, all I can say is for myself, my mom uh, worked in restaurants the whole time when I was, you know, young, and that's how we made, you know, that's how we got food on the table was, was through tips and things like that, and it wasn't it wasn't high end restaurants, so I I just feel like I, I always feel like because of that experience I had, like I feel like I now that I'm you know doing okay in life, like it's like hey tip tip these people out they do you know do a decent job and they take care of me. That's not the situation, though. That's not what we're talking about. I tip restaurant workers. I hear you, but the barber. I tip my service. To me, the barber. First of all, like you said, they man, they can ruin your. Matter of fact, I tip. They, t- they can ruin your life. I mean, really, we should get into like what's the worst haircut you ever had, and that's that's really what goes to. I I just think back to the the bad haircuts I had when I was a kid, and I'm like, oh my god, I do not want to have that. It's just it's just tough to find a good barber. So if you got one, take care. So of we them. should tip them so they don't mess. But they don't really get that. They don't get that much money either because they gotta because right they gotta there. pay rent. I wish I could get tipped every. But day. they got they gotta pay rent on the place on on their booth or whatever like that. It's there's a lot of like economic. It's not like they're getting that whatever your haircut is twenty dollars. They ain't unless they're the owner of the shop. They they ain't getting that much out of that. I don't think. Man, I drive out of my way to be loyal to my barber to keep getting my haircut. I've been getting my haircut there for like twenty years, man. But no, with no tip. tip. <laughs> I'm I'm there. I'm going out of my way. I don't live in the hood no more. I'm driving all the way to the hood to get my haircut. I can get my haircut around the corner. That's the tip right there that I keep. Well, we coming. should open this up to the. And now my son get his haircut too. Yeah, we got. Man, that's crazy. We got. We got to do like a poll when, or something. When like I that. asked you about your hairline, though, you said it was regular. It wasn't extra crispy. It wasn't extra fresh. Come on, man. And I think that's a direct on, result of your non-tipping. I bet the guy who leaves before you, I bet that hairline be fresh. Maybe it's the opposite. Maybe when I look at my hair, it looks normal. So I'll be like, I ain't tipping you nothing. I ain't going to say I ain't never tipped the man. Occasionally, I done felt good and I done gave him a couple of dollars. Give him a five or something. But come on, man. No. You know, you know that barber be looking salty at Ryan when he's sitting there buying all those bootleg DVDs over there in the corner, and then and then don't give this man not even two dollars for the tip. That's got to be. <laughs> hey, it's plenty of barbershops. <laughs> I'll go to another. And plenty that you will not get service. That I won't be. You be tipping. having bumps on the back of your neck, bro. Man, you can look like that Providence basketball coach with them, all that all that stuff on the back of his head. Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, that dude got the worst line. Man, he just need to be out there wearing a. But it's just his hairline. A, he got some kind of disease or something like that. But he needs, he needs to throw on a, a fedora and call it a day. I guess. Uh, speaking of tips, uh, I was expecting Tom Brady to get a tip this weekend and get another Super Bowl ring. Uh, but thank God he didn't. Pats losing the Super Bowl to the Eagles and a backup quarterback in Nick Foles. I wish, I'm going to probably insert some applause here. But, uh, man, my blackness was torn all this weekend because I've been boycotting uh, football, period, in the NFL. Wasn't going to watch none of it. Don't want to be a part of it because of the Kaepernick situation. And my blackness said no. And then I saw Tom Brady was going again. 
And what would be more black than watching Tom Brady lose the season? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I was just I sat there with the controller in my hand, debating whether or not I should turn it on. It was one of the toughest decisions I've ever made in my life. But ultimately I kept it off. Kept it off. You didn't watch any didn't of it. I didn't watch none of it. No. I just heard about the score, but I couldn't wait to hear about the score. This is the first game all year. Did Tom Brady lose? Did Tom Brady so lose? Does your wife care about football? And my wife was like, the Patriots does, lost. Does, no. She, she didn't watch what, so she didn't watch none at all this year year at all either. Wow, that's crazy. She better not watch Super Bowl. (laughs) I'm just saying. She ain't watching no basketball with me not once. (laughs) Now, what about you, Paul? Did you watch the Super Bowl? Oh, I watched. Look, hey, I'm I'm all for supporting, you know, uh, Kaepernick's stance. You know, there's there's things I can debate. We can debate on, you know, how how it all progressed. And is it the right, you know, is it it the right, uh, I guess, response is the the word. That's maybe a, a conversation for a different day. But I'm, I'm damn sure going to watch the Super Bowl, and I especially wanted to see Tom Brady lose. Uh, and hell, I mean, it was a really good game. I mean, that it, the defense was terrible on both sides, but that was a really good game. Probably one of the, at least one of the better ones in the last 20 years. I mean, and then, I mean, at the last minute, I still thought Tom Brady was going to win. Two minutes left with Tom Brady has the ball in his hand, and it's and one timeout. And you thought like, hey, this dude's going to do it again, just like he always has. And man, that was that was a. What was the score at that point? It was the, whatever the final score was because there wasn't any more points. That, well, there was the kick after that. They were down by more than seven, though. No, they were. They, well, they they won by eight, so they were they were up five at that point. They oh, were okay. up five, then 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 they had the the strip the the, uh, the strip fumble, and then they kicked the field goal, so it put them up eight, and that was it. Oh, okay. Well, but it was a great game, man. I mean, not you know, I mean, start to finish, it was a great game. Uh, long. Uh, Crazy, crazy game. I mean, but that was definitely one for the ages. I mean, set so many records as far as offense and, and points and things like that. So, yeah, I know. You said you watched the last two minutes. So the last what, two minutes, yeah. I went through kind of the same dilemma as Ryan, although I didn't look at it as a dilemma. But, you know, I've been boycotting. I haven't been watching. I was actually at my nephew's book club meeting when the Super Bowl started. Uh, but I did get home. And while the game, I think, was in the second half, I was working on some other things, doing some stuff. Uh, but as the game got closer to an end, actually in our group chat, uh, you know, we're talking about it. And I heard, you know, I noticed that Tom Brady might be about to lose. And then one of my one of my partners who may be on the podcast in the future had a bunch of money on the game um, yeah, bunch, yeah. for the Eagles. And so between. Oh, really? Wow. Between wanting to know whether he was about to win a bunch of money or lose a bunch of money and whether I was going to have to console him or not, and the <laughs> fact that Tom Brady, the hated Tom Brady, you know, that he might be losing, I had to go ahead and turn it on for the last two minutes. So I watched that very, uh, the very last play. I saw the, the field goal. So basically from that point on, I did go ahead and watch it. So that was really like the only two minutes of football that I watched this year. And I was glad that Tom Brady lost, um, you know, so that is a great thing. Every Pretty much everybody from St. Louis hates Tom Brady because the Patriots cheated oh, yes. the Rams uh, while oh, they yes. were here. So I was glad to be able to see that. What I was not glad to see is how big of a fool – these Philly fans acted after they won. <laughs> I was loving it. I'm sorry. Hey, man, that's Philadelphia for you, though, man. They do that at every sport, right? Well, they don't win that much, so 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 they don't have they don't have yeah, chances. But they still act. They a still fool. act a fool. That's yeah. true. Yes, the boo and I mean, Santa that, Claus and things. There like is that. a level of acting a fool that I understand. Like, look, I went to Mizzou, and Mizzou was terrible at football. 
uh, back when I was there. And so there was one point in time where, like, we tore down the goalpost like three straight games, and it was beating like three bomb teams. Uh, <laughs> Kansas was one of them. Oh, and geez. so I understand people acting a fool, but the level of foolery that went on in Philadelphia. I uh, saw this video, I'm sure y'all saw it too, where a fan, this, is a, this isn't a guy who lost a bet. This isn't a Patriots fan who lost a bet. This is a guy with the Philadelphia Eagles jersey on, out in the streets, everybody kicking it, and this guy gets on his hands and knees in the middle of the street and ate some horse doo-doo. Well, got horse crap. What in the hell? What in the hell possesses you to eat horse crap? I, I, Ish, I got one word for you, and it's it's four it's four word letters, and it's it's, it's M E T H. That's what that is right there. <laughs> some, yes. some he had to be on something, but the the fact that he got down and everybody in the crowd hyping him up, you know, what I'm saying that's what happens. Like I've been around when the Cardinals won the World Series or the Rams won the Super Bowl, and it gets crazy out there. But everybody hyping him up like, yeah, do it, eat it, eat it. And this fool ate it. On camera. <laughs> on, ca- on a billion cameras. On camera. Like, yeah. what? Off the ground. He didn't even pick it up like a human being and put it to his mouth and eat it. This dude got down to the ground, put his mouth in on the ground, and licked it up in like a, a dog. Pub- like, if you just yeah, kiss the, di- the dirty... I couldn't kiss the... In the dirty Philly, Philly streets. streets. <laughs> but, but dog, let me, just, let me just run through a list, because I was up... You know, I, I was... I, I watched the game. I had family over, uh, so I had to drop them back off. But I, as soon as I got back home, I got on Twitter and was kind of like, you know, just checking all the memes and stuff that I usually do. Uh, pretty quickly, though, somebody pointed out that there was a the hashtag Philly police scanner. And so this was oh, comic yeah. enjoyment if you, if you were up late last night. But uh, there was a Philly police scanner. I wish website. I had caught it live. It was great live. I listened to about 30 minutes of it. But, and there was only a few parts. But I'm just going to rattle off memory of the things that I, I, I read about the next morning that were on the scanner. They, uh, there were two police horses stolen. One was recovered. They still hadn't found the other one by the morning. Uh, one guy had broken into the zoo and stole an ostrich, rode the ostrich around town, and supposedly, <laughs> uh, I guess they knocked down like some electrical wires, and the ostrich ran into the electrical wires trying to get away from the dude and electrocuted himself. So that is insane. All right, uh, uh, You saw the, the, the guys on top of the awning at the, at the, at the, at the uh, Ritz-Carlton jumping off doing, doing uh, trust, trust falls off that and probably dying, I'm sure. Right, stage diving. There was a girl with a with a horse head on, which if you guys don't know, the Philly kind of mascot or like a little rallying cry has been putting these little horse heads on. And so there's a girl oh, with okay. a horse head on running through the streets butt naked. Uh, didn't look that bad, actually. Had a nice little shape on her, I'll have to say. I'll send you all the picture off- offline. <laughs> but <laughs> it was, uh, And then what was – oh, there was one oh, – this is the one my wife was – I told all my wife all about all these stories. Of course, she was disgusted by the guy eating the poop. But – uh. There was some family that decided to have their four-year-old daughter out there in this melee and lost the daughter. So on the police scanner, there you could hear these calls uh, looking. For, they were they were reporting a missing four-year-old out there in the crowd. Now, if you saw that crowd, yeah, that's, man, that's crazy. Who you child services would be called immediately to come get your ass if you take your four-year-old yeah, out there? Yeah. So, but eventually they got reunited with the girl. I guess she was found. But man, just crazy, crazy, crazy scene out there. And what about Kevin Hart? What do y'all think about Kevin Hart? Did y'all see him on there? <laughs> Got, no, what did he do? Oh, I sent that to you guys last night too. Uh, so, I'll, I'll, so, I'll, you go ahead, go ahead, Ryan. Go ahead, Ish. I'm sorry. So Kevin Hart, you know, he 
is down there. Oh, he's got his thought. Philly. Okay. He, he got his Eagles jersey on. He runs down on the field or whatever when they celebrate. And, you know, they about to hand out the trophies and stuff like that. Kevin Hart is drunk out of his mind and is trying to go on the stage. You know, and this big security dude is telling him, like, no, nah, you, ain't, you ain't on the team. You're not going up there. So he's just pleading and, hey, but I'm Kevin Hart and trying to talk his way onto the stage. So he gets yeah. shut down. In front of national TV or he, everybody, he definitely dropped him. the. He definitely dropped the. The do you know who I am? Line yeah, on yeah. Do you know who I, I'm? Kevin Hart. You know, guys, like, I don't care. I don't care who you are. You ain't a. To his defense, nobody is as Philly as uh, <laughs> as Kevin Hart. He was. Uh, he, he wasn't he, Philly enough. He was. Yeah, he wasn't Philly enough to this dude. I mean, that was like the biggest. Uh, I mean, that guy. He wasn't. He wasn't uh, in shape. I would say, but that dude was a good solid. I'd say 380 pounds. <laughs> Kevin Hart was not getting around him. That dude was not playing. So right. Was, you got this. Yeah, he, looked like, he looked like Trenton in the crowd trying to get up there, though. I'm watching it right now. That's And then there was and another then part of it. He tapped the dude on the belly button and like, excuse me, sir. <laughs> right. And, Paul, I'll let you tell the, the next part of it. Oh, I, yeah, I didn't watch that one. That was, it was a good part. But there was a, afterwards, I guess after he got denied from there, uh, he kind of lingered around the field some more, and then they were doing the they you know they brung the the studio shows onto the field or near the side of the field, and then brung bringing players over there to get interviewed. So there's you know they're covered in champagne or whatever, and uh, they're interviewing a couple of guys, and, and Kevin Hart's kind of in the background somewhere. So finally, he comes over to the the, the, stu- the little stage there, and and he, he's starting to get interviewed, and of course he curses. Uh, Drop the F bomb, and, and, and he tells him he's. But he says, "Hey, I'm drunk as hell right now." So I, you know, he was really feeling. It. <laughs> and, and I'm talking about he was sloppy drunk, bro. He was like sloppy, it wasn't sloppy. even like I'm Man, a little Dion. It looked like he just he just pushed him yeah, off the, shit, it, off the after stage. He dropped the F bomb on live TV. Dion was like, "Yo, I love you, Kevin Hart, but you gotta go," and just picked him up like a little baby and set him off the stage, like. <laughs> Like where your mama at, boy? Uh, Ke- yeah, Kevin Hart was on there. Like, yeah, you're not so happy for Philly. I mean, like, bro, <laughs> oh, that wow. is not a good look. Yeah, he's... I guess he's a comedian, so you know it ain't career threatening or nothing like that. But why are you that damn drunk? He's had some. He's had some little snafus over the last year. I mean, he's had the a couple of little things. He's had some little missteps. He <laughs> he might need to check himself a little bit on that. But I mean, it's it was entertaining none the least. So so that was cool. You're about now, to go the way of Cat Williams, bro. Now, 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 let me hold on. Let me, so let me get back to a, a black topic here. So now, let's talk about the celebrations and in the context of like that's what, that was a big thing on Twitter this morning. That I saw people were talking about yeah, the, yeah, people that. were talking about the celebrations, how wild they were and how raucous they were. But you know, overall, the, the I guess the national response was like, oh, they're just blowing off steam. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, you know, don't destroy your city and stuff like that. But like, what would happen if that crowd was a, a largely brown person crowd? How do you think this would have gone down? There would have been SWAT teams. There would have been SWAT teams. There would have been at least tanks. Uh, They would have had snipers on the roof. Uh, They would have been calling them thugs and other names. And, uh, yeah, there definitely would have been a lot of people in handcuffs on the ground getting maced, tear gassed. It would have been pretty bad if it was black people. And we all know this. Right. And and you see just with the language that – uh, the national media has used before where if it's all black people out there, like Ryan said, it's the thugs, they're, you know, criminals that, you know, but when it's white folks and it's a, a Super Bowl celebration or world championship celebration, they're revelers. Uh, you know, they're, they're partiers, they're fans who are happy. So yes, yeah, it's, it's completely a different story. I think everybody, everybody is aware of that. Now, now on the personal side, though, if, now if this was your team, if this had been five years ago, the Rams won the Super Bowl, 
would you have been out in, in like a not not to say a melee, but a, 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 a crazy celebration downtown like this? And if and if so, like how far can black revelers go in a celebration like that? Is there a line that you shouldn't cross that the white people in the crowd can get away with that you guys cannot get away with? Oh yeah, I think you know when the whenever the Cardinals won the World Series last, I don't remember what year off the top of my head, but. I live downtown, so I live right by the stadium. So I went out there and I kicked it with the folks. You know, we, we went down Washington Avenue and we're screaming and, you know, hollering and people honking their horns. But as a black person, like, that's about it. Like, the most you could do is, like, scream and give people high fives. You know, white people love to give high fives when they're happy. <laughs> When and it better be a slow high five. Don't go <laughs> no, too fast. No, they'll do that. They'll do a, the fast high five. It really don't matter. If you win a championship, you get in every kind of high five that you can get. High, low, fast, hard, slow, whatever. <laughs> they love the high five. And so I was out there with them doing that. We blocking up the streets and all that. But some of that stuff that you saw with the Eagles people, you know, number one, I don't know where you're going to find a black person that's going to climb up on like a hotel awning or whatever and just – dive off backwards i don't think <laughs> we don't do that um nope but some of that stuff when you're talking about the ostrich you know or when you're talking about people stealing stuff oh yeah we getting tased we getting beat we getting locked up it ain't that ain't even happening yep we would get we would get 25 to life man for riding <laughs> <laughs> i guarantee it and that's even if we t- we was riding it back to the zoo <laughs> we was trying to take it back we took it back from the dude coaxed it into uh, 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 to be subdued and then uh, rode it back to the zoo to put it, give it back to the zookeeper. We would get 25 Dog, All I know is I got to go to Philly this summer. I'm going to check out that zoo with the, with the family and I just, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a little donation to the ostrich. I hope that ostrich is okay. So if ostrich, wherever you're at, if you listen to this, I hope oh, you're doing all right. He's dead. Is his, <laughs> is his family okay? I thought the ostrich got killed. I, they didn't say, they, they said they had sent like animal rescue to come there. It wasn't confirmed whether he oh, died okay. or not, but he yeah, did, they said allegedly he got electrocuted. That's, I, there's no pictures of it. All right. Got you. Shout out, shout out to the, uh, Philly shout ostrich, out to the ostrich. Yeah, praying, praying for you. For you. Hey, Get well soon, the, brother. Who got the GoFundMe? I need to start a GoFundMe for the Philly ostrich. <laughs> hey, he probably already got one, right, man. Rich, 100,000, you know, 100,000 already. Black people, black people getting choked out, but we didn't pay for that ostrich's uh, <laughs> ICU care. That ostrich got better health care than Thank God, he'll the be ostrich okay. get better health care than everybody <laughs> in America. Heck yeah, he does. Who was that? Susan Sarandon be doing those videos like for the kids or, you know, get one of those actresses, cue up that music. All that sad, like yeah, commercials, yeah. One of those sad Willie Nelson songs for the ostrich, ostrich Mm -hmm. help fund. Mm -hmm. So we want to go into the next topic, fellas. Yeah, I think I can leave this one on. So that was. I had a good segue, but Ish messed it up. I was gonna say, speaking of healthcare, Quincy Jones needs some healthcare because he seemed like he a bit busy with the ladies. Yeah, yes. At his age. So let's get into it. There was a a article this this week. Go ahead, go ahead, Ish. Go ahead, sorry. No, I was going to say, actually, if you're talking about healthcare, you know, one of the things that I read in that the article Paul sent us, uh, which was, it was based off of a GQ article, uh, Paul sent us one that was on D-listed, uh, but it, it pulled excerpts from GQ, so we give that uh, attribution to GQ first, but one interesting thing about the healthcare is it said that Quincy Jones goes to, I think it was like Switzerland for like six days out of the year where he gets like this crazy medical treatment and you know they told him they can keep him alive until he's 120 if he goes through these 
you know, procedures or whatever, or, you know, just different treatment where they're trying to make yeah. sure that he's he stays healthy. I thought that was quite interesting. That's the same shit that Kobe did to his knees, bro. That's the same thing, shit that Kobe did to his knees. He's just doing right. it his whole body. That's it. <laughs> Man, all I know is how you got 22 women. If you want to be, if don't, you don't steal it, let, 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 you're gonna let be me, poor. Ryan, let, me, let me run through the list of the, the hit list of what this article you know, talks about. And we can, we okay. can just kind of pick and choose what different topics in here. So, so the article came out earlier this week, and I thought I had like under uncovered. I, I caught this on D listed, which is a great site. It's like the white, it's like the extra white TMZ, but it, it has some good pop culture stuff. So, I always check it out from time to time. Anyway, there was a GQ article uh, with Quincy Jones, who, like Ish said, is like 88, 89 years old. Something like that. 82, I don't know. He's old as shit. That's all I know. But uh, in this article, he's talking about, among other things, uh, how he has 22 girlfriends currently at his age. He also talks about how about he used to buy drugs from Malcolm X before he was Malcolm X, uh, before he went to prison, right. which is pretty insane. Uh, he... Street cred. He also talked. Well, I, that's 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 the kind of the theme of this whole article. It seems like he's trying to give himself a whole lot of street cred, which I don't really know why he needs more street cred. I mean, the <laughs> man produced Thriller. He he probably don't have to work a day in his life just living off Thriller royalties, but he, he wants more street cred. So he wants you to know that royalties don't get you street cred. He wants brother. you to know that. Uh, well, hey, money gets you street cred. So this dude's got eighty. This dude's got <laughs> twenty-two side pieces right now. This dude uh, bought drugs from Malcolm X back in the day. This dude turned down Marilyn Monroe for sex. So he turned down uh, the chick that the president of the United States was, and, and potentially his brother was freaking off with back in the 60s. He watched Ray Charles uh, shoot heroin into his own nutsack. Into Ray Charles' nutsack. <laughs> He talks spicy. At, Man, how random is he that? He talks spicy about Elvis in this. And he also, this is the other thing, he says he was supposed to be at Sharon Tate's house on the night of the Manson family murders when, when the Manson family disciples came over there and destroyed, killed that entire family. Supposedly he was supposed to be over there at that house that day, which seems a little preposterous to me because Sharon Tate was pregnant at the time and I don't think Quincy Jones wanted anything to do with Thank pregnant you. white women. I definitely, he definitely wanted to do it with something white women, but not pregnant white women. So I can't imagine he was going to hang out over that day, but if he says what, so, I would. What, what did he end up doing instead? That's Probably doing cocaine off some other white woman's behind. <laughs> but so that's kind of the highlights of the story. Did we lose Ishmael? Is he is he gone? Because I I think we lost Ishmael. No, I'm here. Nope, it's only okay. Oh, oh, you just didn't think none of that was funny. No, I actually I had muted my mic and I didn't realize oh, okay. that it was still muted. Oh, okay. Well, I'll stop talking on on the, the the little rundown of the stuff, so we can just kind of go in through all of it. But I've I've kind of set the stage for a couple of different things, particularly the the Ray Charles and the uh, girlfriends issue. So we want to stop talking talk about the the girlfriends okay. mainly. That's the I'm main. A, yeah, point. let me let me let me tag you. So I can't talk about none of the stuff that he did because I ain't never done none of it. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> the closest I can come is. Dating more than one woman at a time is very expensive. So, if he want to keep his money, he needs to drop that number down to one. That's what he needs to do. Because uh, I just remember when I was dating, man, it was expensive on the weekend, man. If you had a date on Friday, a date on Saturday, maybe a date on Sunday or something, you could be coming out of 150 bucks, man. That's too much. 
or more. Well, Quincy, Quincy Jones, he's not worried about the bread, you know. And I read the article, read a, a lot of the GQ article also, and he's going international. You know what I'm saying? This isn't just the neighborhood player. Quincy said he got girls in Japan. He got a girl Dubai. in like, right. Switzerland. He got net. a girl in Paris. He he got them all around the world. So, you know, he's he's an old rich dude with money. And I mean, that's that's what they do. So none of that really surprised me. Uh, in terms of that story but you know Quincy is happy he won't let people know he's doing his thing you know I my you know I I I just can't fathom it it just seems I mean the dude yeah he's got a lot more money access to things like that but at that age I just can't see juggling 22 women now are there 22 different hookers that he has stashed around the country around the world that's what I (laughs) they probably close to it man I'm just saying like if you want to hang with Quincy he probably doing all kind of stuff Whatever you want to do, he doing. I mean, y'all act like y'all act like this is something new again with the old wealthy man, you know, finding younger women. You know, it's basically a sugar daddy type position because in the article they asked him, you know, hey, do the women know about each other? He said, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm not gonna lie. Like once you get to this point, why lie? So it's it's an arrangement, not that much different, I think, from our president. You know, he got his his young wife that. You know, she initially got with him for the money. Uh, and, you know, I think it's just one of those type of situations. He's he's an old guy. You got some of these women who work at restaurants where Ryan ain't tipping or they work in the, the hair salon. Ryan ain't giving no tips. <laughs> they got to make that money. So man, stop so, lying and saying I don't tip the that's, restaurant That's why workers, I changed man, it. I said the true. salon. So it's a salon worker. Dang. They hook Ryan up with the fresh cut. He couldn't give him no tip. So they like, yo. Quincy Jones walk in. I paid them what they asked me Quincy for. Quincy Jones walk in. He tipping them five thousand off his haircut, and he don't even got that much hair. Hair, no, no. So you know, it's a business arrangement. So let's let's steer us away from maybe you know his exploits. What, I mean, but just on the girl topic, like, do you, can you envision a scenario in which you yourself, if you're that same age that he is now, eighty two or whatever it is, eighty four. Eighty four, and even it's, say, God forbid, we're you know, we're, we're we're widowed or whatever like that. I, could you see yourself even juggling two women? I I can't understand for life. I mean, no, two twenty two, like crazy. no, <laughs> I don't I don't have the energy for that now at my age now. So I don't see how I have it at eighty four. It just seems impossible to me. What do you guys think, Paul? Weren't, weren't you just I, I talking about when easy. you get your tax money? How you about to be? Well, what'd you say? Maga in, Maga in, yeah, Maga. I'm gonna Maga. But I ain't, but I ain't gonna mag on no with no other women. I'm magging on my damn self. <laughs> that is funny. Sorry, Ryan. What were you saying? Man, I don't even know. If I'm if I'm 84, man, I'm gonna I'm sit down and I'm, I need to reassess my life choices, man, <laughs> so I can make sure I can get into heaven or something. Not to make it religious, but uh, I gotta chill. I can't be taking that cocaine, man. You know he on some Viagra. You know what I'm saying? He, but hey, if you if you ain't got no God out here, I mean, I guess, uh, do you? Yeah, that's that's young boy stuff, man. That's that's what you do when you're young and you you know. Uh, I'm not trying to. That's not a good look at 84. Nah. But again, he's he's rich and famous, so it doesn't surprise me not a bit. How many kids does he have? Uh, he has. Probably he has two daughters, the two daughters that they're actresses, which is kind of interesting. I kind of, I was, that's one of the things that crossed my mind when I'm reading this article is because the daughter, at least Rashida Jones, who's, you know, we kind of know her from the, from the acting, from the office and parks and recreations and whatnot. 
But she's yeah, kind of yeah, she's right. in the last few years she's kind of you know taken kind of a, a, a feminist kind of approach. She's she's made some documentaries about feminism and you know like sex workers and things like that. I know she's got a documentary about that. So you know these kind of women's issues she's really pushed herself to the forefront on. So it's kind of interesting that her dad's coming out with this article talking about how he's slaying 22 women all over the world. And so so I think he even had to like walk back a little bit of this interview uh, uh, after after it came out and kind of you know hit the headlines and went viral and stuff like that. But it's, it's interesting. He's got these two girls at, at, that I know of. At least he might have. I'm sure he has more kids than that. But those are the two I'm aware of. And one is kind of this you know kind of well-known feminist now. But the dad is clearly uh, not, not listening to any of that mess right there. <laughs> Oh, because there's a part in the article where he's talking about, like, so how, the, the interviewer's asking her how old these girls are. How, like, what's their range? And so, that yeah, that's where the, 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 the retraction kind of came in. Because he, then he's, he kind of goes on this little riff where he says his daughters tell him, like, how old he can date. And it's based off how old his daughters are. Basically, he can't have girlfriends that are younger than his daughters. So he says, like, the, the age range now is, like, 32 so, to, like, 48. And so they were, like, and the, so the interviewer's like, well, you don't want to be with a woman like your, you know, roughly your own age, and he and he starts going this nice rant about like, hell no, I don't want to buy, you know, my own. Basically, saying no, I don't want to buy my own age. I want somebody fifty years younger than me or something like that. And so he can't be like Dane Cook and be forty five dating a nineteen year old. Oh yeah, I heard about that too. Yeah, that's uh, that's, that's pretty okay. that's pretty, pretty <laughs> unusual. Yeah, but man. at least that's in. You can at least I mean, a forty nine year old and a and a. At least that dude—he's not sixty. Something. I mean, we know it happens all the time, but that—you know, sixty-year age difference—that's kind of crazy, right? But whatever. Like, think about it. And that was part of the joke I heard about the Dane Cooks. He was like, Dane Cooks dating a chick who don't even remember when he was funny. <laughs> <laughs> like she, they, she don't even know. Who hey, he I'm not is. that much younger than him, and I don't and, know when he was funny. So. <laughs> Yeah, Quincy. There was a time where I was a Dane Cook fan, man. Yeah, during uh, like right when people start hating him, I was like, "This dude is funny as a mug." But that's just me. Um, all right, we can move on from this one, Quincy Jones. Uh, I guess. You know, well, let, let me read his statement that Paul was talking about real quick, and this actually was before the GQ article came out. I guess he realized that he sounded like a. Uh, a butthole and so he tried to preemptively come out with a statement i'll read this real quick and we move on it says in a forthcoming interview in the february issue of gq magazine i made a bad attempt at a tasteless joke about dating that in retrospect was clearly not funny the comments were insensitive and inappropriate and i sincerely apologize for them Women have played an invaluable role in my life, both professionally and personally. I have nothing but respect, admiration, and love for women and all that their essence encompasses. Women make our world a better place. While I always leave space to grow and learn how to do better, anyone who knows me knows that those are the true feelings in my heart and soul, and they always will be. So, it's like, you, you tried to walk it back. It's a nice statement. It's a, it's a nice statement, but, you know. He don't uh, believe that. Uh, I mean, over he, and under on his daughters or his publicists uh, wrote that for him, and he, he's right. not even aware that that was put I out there. I don't care. I don't care what you're saying, Mr. Jones. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like, you know, he chose to live his life like that. That's cool. Stand by it. Personally, I think that makes the whole article soft. That undoes everything. Like, you, you don't get no, no 
no props, no that's, street that's cred. That's damage control. From, that's, back that's, that's damage control. If you mean it, if you said it, if you said it, go with it. Everybody does a GQ article, always walks it back every time. Yeah, good point. Every single because those GQ articles are so long, like you were saying. So they they they, they eventually they talk too much and they catch themselves in some trap or something. They feel uh, feel bad about saying later on because they try to be edgy and then and yeah, you have situations like this. If you want to be politically correct, don't talk to GQ. Period. Well, moving, yeah, on. moving on. Speaking of uh, <laughs> being politically correct. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it, baby. Let's do it. Paul, what's not politically correct about Girl Scout cookies? Because you have, I have in my notes that you got a rant listen, that man, you want to Listen, man. Let me, let, me just, let, me just, let me just explain you know, why I'm going to go on this little, little tangent here. Not as a rant, just a tangent, you know. So now rant, brother. So rant. you know, just I just want to talk about Girl Scout cookies. Girl Scout cookies, guys. You know, it is freaking January or just turned February. My wife has been. She has this friend in D.C. We haven't seen this girl in years, and we never seen her kids that I can recall. Anyway, every year <laughs> around this time of year, I get a request. I need to buy some Girl Scout cookies from these kids that don't live nowhere near me. <laughs> and I'm my my concern is that you know when I see Girl Scouts selling cookies, it's in the summer, early summer sometime. I you know I don't remember Girl Scouts selling cookies in damn January. And I think my wife has had this in her inbox since like December. Who the hell is selling Girl Scout cookies in December? First of all, and I gotta send this money. Do you know these boxes of cookies are like six dollars a box? And you get you, you it's 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 all a scam, man. You gotta get you get tricked into buying all these boxes. And you can't buy one. You have to buy multiple. So I gotta buy five. But I gotta really? buy five. So it's it's January. What's the minimum? Well, no, there's no minimum. But you know, but you just kind of feel bad because you're like buying cookies from these little girls that you know. So so it's always every year it's a debate. Like so, it's not that you can't. You feel like you. It's like tipping. I'm morally obligated to do this. Yeah. So. Uh, that's easy. Maybe just sucker runs in your head. I'm not sure. <laughs> it's, I, I, I told you I'm extra light skin this week, brother. I told you I'm extra light skin this week. So you, I, I'm, I'm gonna start hitting you up for money, man. Right. We've been friends for too long. I ain't never asked for no cash. I might have to start sending you a couple text messages. Be like, oh, I'm sorry. I meant to send that Laclede gas bill to my wife. Right. Mistakenly sent it so to man, you. Send me a text message like, yo, I'm in the pen, but they didn't take my phone. Can you uh, wire me two fifty? <laughs> Right. I'm gonna go mail you some ramen noodles and call it a day. <laughs> but look, so I, so I gotta man, so I gotta buy these. I gotta buy these uh, cookies. And man, look, it's like nine dollars shipping and handling to send me some damn Girl Scout cookies. I can wait three months for and get for free, no shipping and handling at the, any grow any grocery store within a hundred mile radius of my house. What the hell? <laughs> and so I, I think I think you need to learn how to say no. Like that is. Yeah, you know we on the black delegates. I think that is part of the the fact that we know you're not black. You are Puerto Rican, yeah. so that yeah. is some of that lack of blackness in you that you don't know how to say no <laughs> when people ask you for money. Like that is something that I think black people learn at a very very young age, very early age, how to say oh, no. Yeah. Like when you're in the store, when you're a black kid, and you ask your mama for whatever some cereal, you ask your mama for the toy, you ask. They tell you no, and they not only tell you no, they tell you if you ask again, they're going to smack the mess out of you. So we learn that no at a very, very young age. Uh, okay, well, if you guys want to come smack the mess of my wife and tell her, hell no, I am giving your friend no damn money for no damn co- Girl Scout cookies that probably they bought last year and just put it away in storage for 
for six now, what, months and then sold to me. Why would we smack your wife? We're going to smack you. I'm not touching your wife. I'm going to smack right. you. She's you the good. one who got the problem. She's golden. Right. This dude trying to get, trying problem, to get his you wife hemmed up. You can't be a pushover. We're going to start a segment on this podcast. I'm going to call it The Black Ryan Fix My Life. <laughs> and every week, I want you to tell me a situation where you were taken advantage of, Paul. I want you to point at the diagram. I got it. Tell me where they hurt you. I got to get a haircut this week, want... so so uh, you should. So I should not tip okay. this lady, and then see what happens to back, my head next time I go <laughs> and report hey, back. It'll be fine, man. She's expecting the tip now because you've already trained her up. She wonder why you ain't tipping more, you cheap bastard. <laughs> That's what she's thinking. And you could have just been like, I ain't never gonna tip you. So when you do tip her, she's happy. tripping, man. But look, look, let me let me just mm. keep let me go on a little bit more about these girls got cookies. Okay, so hold on. So 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 get so got the girls got cookies. I don't want the girls got cookies because because it's January. It's been you know Christmas time. It's been holiday season. You know, eating everybody's been eating good in the house. I'm I'm ready to you know try to get back on some New Year's resolutions. You know, not that I need to lose a whole lot of weight, but just hey, you know, I'm, tr- I'm trying to have these cookies laying around my house. But now I got these goddamn five boxes of you can cut that. Off, I'm sorry about that. Of Girl Scout cookies laying around the house, and I got to eat them, and so I'm gonna do that. But my problem with the Girl Scout cookies is that in a few months I'm gonna go to the store, and there's gonna be all these little cute little little girls standing out front, and I'm gonna be obligated to buy more Girl Scout oh, cookies. You suck no. on that too. <laughs> just say no. You suck on that too, man. It's it, Oh. It's the, look, but this is this is this is where I'm going to go into the conspiracy. It is the greatest scheme, and maybe it's only affects the white community. I don't know. Yep. <laughs> it's the greatest scheme in the world. It don't affect little me. <laughs> little girls, and they and man, they put them strategically, and they got and they got all hooked up. I mean, back in the day, you used to have cash, so you'd be like, oh, I don't have no cash on me. I can't. Man, they got Square. They got all that crap. Take man, they, man, they they yeah. they get you. Have you seen that commercial, the Zell commercial, where it's like a dude and he's trying to she uh, these little girls are trying to sell them. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's cookies. And he's like, oh, I don't have any cash. I mean, they're like, they, they got this. Oh, this is it. The girl says, oh, do you have a domestic bank account? Oh, do you? Who's your Who's your lender? Oh, Wells Fargo. <laughs> we'll just sign up with a Zelle, and you can give us the money. Yeah, I've seen that so, before. Uh-huh. This is the, but man, that it's a scheme, and and this is the big. This is the conspiracy part of it. Man, think about how much money these Girl Scouts make. I know uh, parents that have kids in the Girl Scouts. Do you know that none of that money goes back to them? Nobody knows where that money goes. Nobody, nobody knows, knows yeah. what money like I, like I talked to a, a lady lives in Chicago a very influent uh, family and lives in Chicago has a daughter that's in Girl Scouts and I was asking her like you know so what is the the, the cookies that you guys you know when you guys do the cookie drives and stuff like that what does it pay for I was like do they pay for does it cover the uniforms she's like no we got to pay all that I was, no because they pay they got to pay own. for the uniforms yeah. the sashes all that stuff. They, the parents pay for yeah. all that stuff that sells even though those kids are out there slanging them cookies on the corner. Every damn year, and I'm talking about hundreds. You know what hundreds. It pays for? That's the question. What you know does what it, it pay pays for? for? It's paying for administration costs for everybody that works for the Girl Scouts of America. That's it. You take a not for profit. You make yourself the the no, owner, no, the no, CEO, no. all these different jobs, and then you pay yourself an absorbent amount of money. And then Dog, you're rich. no, this is and no, you're not making. This a profit, is the conspiracy part. You're, this you're making is, a I, I'm sure that's going. To, I'm sure a lot of this money is going into booger sugar and and expensive uh, <laughs> vacations in Vegas and all types of things. There, we there needs to be an audit done <laughs> of this these damn Girl Scout kids because of all the boxes I've bought, they should be able to uh, uh, you know have cured some cancer or something. And with all the hey, call up some of your friends in Langley. At the, uh, I'll do it. At the I'll CIA. Do the on this. Tell they put me the lead investor on this. Man, look, that, man, you want to talk about Bernie Madoff? Nothing. It all pales in comparison to these damn Girl Scouts. I'm telling you, bros. I'm telling you. Nobody knows where this money is going. Nobody. 
Well, I know where my money's going because I'm not really buying them. Like, if I buy <laughs> I my, my wife's uh, cousin, she has two little cousins in the Girl Scout, so occasionally we might buy a box or two from them. Um, but we we don't feel obligated. I don't feel obligated. Let me say that. I don't feel obligated. I'll say no to some kids. I'll say no to the elderly. <laughs> I'll say no to the homeless. Like, <laughs> hey, that no is not a problem for me, especially when you're talking about bread. Um, so, right. you know, you made this whole big conspiracy theory thing when really you just got to get that backbone, man. You got to be like, no, nah, you ain't you ain't getting in my pocket. I got I, I'm, I'm going to work on that. But at the same time, where is the money? They should there should be like a huge uh, castle or or monument to, that built by the Girl Scouts. They should be, you know, uh, paving our roads for us, uh, giving us free health care. Maybe the Girl Scouts are the Illuminati. And that's what I'm saying. Nobody knows. Just 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 do the math. The, the cookies they can't cost more than a dollar. They're selling them for five. Six, Boy seven Scouts. Dollars. They don't. Boy Scouts don't sell because, nothing. They you do the canned good driving. Because, that's because it. Boy Scouts ain't adorable little little kids sitting out front of your uh, your local Schnucks or Kroger or whatever it is uh, selling you cookies. And the other problem is you go out when they start selling these cookies. Man, like some days, like on a Saturday, I'll go to a couple different stores. Like say, I'll go to the grocery store in the morning, and maybe I got to go to Home Depot later on. Yeah. Man, they out there at the damn Home Depot too. So you buy two, three boxes at the at the Kroger, and you go to Home Depot later on. This and these other little girls just looking at you pathetic. Like like this cheap ass <laughs> dude can't yeah. buy one box. Paul Paul is one of those dudes that gets caught up in those like Nigerian email <laughs> scams. Or those little scams where somebody called your house and was like, hey, you know, your computer is uh, giving some errors. I need to take over your computer really quickly. Like, Paul's that real gullible dude that's just giving out bread left and right. Ish, if not wanting to help a former former son of a prince of Nigeria is not an honorable thing to do, then I don't know what is, okay? And I'm not going to apologize for trying to do that, okay? I'm I'm sorry. I'm about to make me a Nigerian burner account right now. Send Paul you don't even need a burner account, man. Just start asking him for money. He'll just give it to you. It's not hard. Anyway, man. That- like, hey, man, I think I need I need some money, man. I need I need about a thousand dollars, Paul. It's just it's just bad. And he'll just be like, here you go. Here's two thousand. And then complain about it. Uh, it's a conspiracy. Secretly, yeah. Well, I did say I. Uh, oh no, man! You know they sell uh, Girl Scout cookies in the store now, for real. Man, they sure do. They sell a bunch of Girl Scout stuff in there, but uh. uh but on, on, on the flip side of this, so you guys talk about me and me and the money and, and giving two ways. So I finally did cut the cord, or I'm in the process of doing that this this week. So I've cut the cord from uh, from Time Warner Spectrum. I'm going to keep them for my internet, but having to go and do all this, this uh, price out all the other options I want for TV and and home security system and, and phone. So I'm I'm finally cutting the cord. <laughs> but if they when they call you back, are you gonna have the balls to say no? <laughs> yeah, no. I already, I already canceled. It. I already this canceled dude go have he gonna have cable, dish, and uh, <laughs> and wireless right. at the same time. How many calls? TV. How many calls did it take you to actually cancel? Because I know you called in like seven times before you did it. I call, right. I called in once in the summer when they when uh when I had an issue with it and I was and then so the you know I was trying I was like figuring out but I really have a game plan then so I was talking to Ryan on the phone and I was like you know he was you know Ryan was kind of you know because I'm I'm behind eight ball on this technology stuff so Ryan's like schooling me on like what I should do and stuff like that I mean he was still schooling me up until just a few weeks ago on this issue so I, you know a dude called me and I was and he was like you know kind of you know walking back but I, I wasn't ready to, to actually walk away but so yesterday or Sunday yeah Sunday yesterday I, that is when I made the call and that was it they, they offered to lower my bill by like a hundred and $110 a month, and I have I have everything with them. I have, I have phone, 
which I never use, a uh, home security system, cable, and then the TV. And they offered to drop a, knock 110 bucks off. But I, was just, I knew that we were going to do it, just have the same debate in a year. So I was like, nah, screw it. Right. I'm just going to stick with y'all. So, so I took y'all's advice and I, I did that. So at least on that part of saying no, I'm, I'm going to try it. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm probably going to actually end up spending a little bit more than what that, that final offer they gave me. But it's just crazy the pricing. Like, I mean, my bill was like two sixty, and it just kept raising up every like like twenty bucks of, of every year. They would raise it up about twenty bucks r- roughly, and then so when I called yesterday, they said that the first offer was like two twenty five, and then the second offer was one forty six, and I was like, I was like, no, nah, I feel like I need to just uh, keep on, you know, still cancel it. But I mean, but it literally in the in the course of a minute, she went from two from two fifty five to two twenty five or to two, yeah, two ten, then to one forty six, and I was like. Still no, but that's just crazy that you can drop it that much. I mean, that tells you how it's not worth it. Look, man, I enjoy telling the DSL man <laughs> that I ain't taking his offer. I sit there and listen to it, and I'm like, yeah, man. Like, I'm like, uh, he's like, I could do something for you. I'm like, what can you do for me? He's like, what are you gonna be paying over? I said forty dollars, and it's gonna stay at forty dollars. And I say, okay. And I said, well, y'all at eighty now, so what you gonna do? And he's like, well. Uh, I could probably get it down to forty dollars if you can come back. And I was like, "Well, how come you didn't offer me that when I called you the last time?" Damn. He's like, "Oh, I don't, I don't really know, sir." I was like, "Well, I said next time you'll remember when a person <laughs> calls you and said they want a, a a different price and that they're paying too much and that they'll leave that they actually will." And I said, "Is there anything else?" And he's like, "No, sir. I think we got it covered." I said, "Thank you," and hung up. That's how you do it. We Paul. need to. You say the same thing to those girls. You guys scouts. need to start a service like Black Financial Coaches, and you guys just go and get really angry at people that I'm trying to save money from, <laughs> yeah. from, from white people. You guys can make a killing off this hey, uh, I, service. I, I could do that. I could thrive at that. <laughs> like, let me call. I'll call and cancel for your you. unwanted services, or I'll say no to the people that's asking you for money. Like, if I can, if I can make a good middle class yeah. living off of that, actually, I think I'd be rich because I would be the best at that. And then have just have Ryan talk spicy to him about how they how they should, they should get their job. Be great, be great. All right. With that being said, looks like that's another one in the can. This is a good one. This is uh, a good one. I appreciate fellas. everybody listening. But um. I guess uh, likes, shares. Uh, if anybody's listening, if Paul and Ishmael's mom could just share it uh, to at least their best friend or a spouse, that'd be greatly appreciated. I looked at the downloads and it said like six, and I had downloaded it. <laughs> so I'm trying to, I'm trying to get our numbers up slowly but surely.